Today in the Multiply Podcast, we've got Andy Estrella talking to us about creating missional disciples. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. And my name is David, and it's almost November. Mm. Election month. Oh, don't remind us. Super excited no, and scared. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. As a pastor of a local church, you are not excited. You are scared. <laughs> well, it will be interesting. Uh, half our country, I don't know which half, will be quite upset, but um, we'll get yeah. through it. We'll get through it. Yes, and, we will. And as a... Uh, as a um, podcast on leadership and discipleship i do think that the political environment provides opportunities for important conversations on discipleship where does your heart's deepest allegiance allegiance where does your heart's deepest allegiance lie right and uh, and for leadership too how do leaders um use their voice um for good you know in a season where a lot of people are using their voice to divide and for hurt and so it's gonna be a little crazy speaking of which um we should i think we should announce what you were just sharing with myself and our guest which is your plans to launch your own political party. Yeah, a third political party on the platform of a world with unlimited condiments and free refills at <laughs> every wow. every restaurant. Mm. Yeah, so kind of like the heart of the podcast, better leaders, better eaters. Right, except just the second half. <laughs> okay, so not really focus on leaders, yeah. just, just yeah. eat, eat no, it. No more Chipotle being stingy with their condiments, if you want to call no, salsa sir. a condiment. No more people trying to charge you for another soda. Like, That's what right. kind of world are we living in? Absolutely. You're so, right. you know, if America can't get behind unlimited condiments and free refills, I don't... That's something I'm, I mean, I'm willing to put my tax dollars we, towards, I'll yeah, tell you right now. Yeah, we might be a country beyond redemption. So. <laughs> That's that's the ultimate indication. So, listen, cast your vote, you know, 20... When's, when's the next election? 2024. 2024. Uh, David Hurtwick, president. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Independent party. During the debates, I'm just going to have a ton of condiments in front of me. <laughs> if they ever ask you a question you don't want to answer, just just dunk a chicken nugget in a condiment no, and I'm just, just start gonna, eating I'm it. I'm just going to be just, sh- just shotgunning them, just drinking them down. Oh, gosh. Well, we've got a guest with us today that I know will vote for you because nobody loves a good condiment more than this man. Yeah. And uh, he's a good friend of ours. We had him on the podcast already. Uh, he did an episode on um, developing leaders. If you missed it, it's awesome. He also shared with us if he could only take you and I to one restaurant for one meal, where would it go? Where would we go? So if you missed that, check it out. But we're happy to have back with us on the podcast Andy Estrella, uh, Chi Alpha Director at Missouri State. Andy, welcome back. What's up? What's up? And yo, David Hurwick, you got my vote. Let's make it happen, dude. <laughs> free go. refills. Listen, uh, con- free condiments. Yeah. Yo, I mean, condiments are. I don't want to be too theological here this early in our conversation, but condiments are kind of like the grace of God, in that they just cover things and make them better, right? You know, you, you can <laughs> you can dump you could dunk anything into Chick Fil A sauce, and you're gonna be like, I don't, you know, actually. Not too bad. It's not bad. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah, this moldy and grape. Uh, it's not bad. I feel like that's that's a platform that everybody can get behind because one of the things now when you go to like fast food restaurants, McDonald's, or anything is that before they used to hand you your meal and be like, "Would you like some co- ketchup? Would you like some?" They used to ask. Now they don't ask. They just hand you your meal. So when you ask for ketchup, it's like you're throwing them off. 
things like are, they look at you and they're yeah. like oh oh you want cat okay yeah we can do that and it's like yo listen this is not an off question here like you should be offering this <laughs> like, yeah. that's like, a sign of the times the some, end times some would say some of those places charge like 10 cents for an extra packet with yes. nuggets it's like what's up with that yeah, yeah. yeah dude corporate like, greed i'll tell you that corporate like, greed grace is supposed to be free Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think you'll do. I think you'll do fine. You know, people are like, well, what about foreign policy? You're like, I'll tell you about foreign policy. We're gonna gather the best condiments yeah. in over the entire world, absolutely, and bring them together. How Imagine was that, that. from foreign policy? Some salsa <laughs> in there with some kochujang from Korea. You're gonna tell me China, Ooh. Russia, North Korea can't all get on the same page when we plop Ooh. down a hundred different condiments in front of them <laughs> can you imagine a meeting with all the world leaders and it's just like this table full of condiments and then there's just like just some crap chicken nuggets there. <laughs> gentlemen let's get on the same page here guys first ever international peace deal with every country that exists hosted by david herwick I think we're on to, I think we're on to something. Maybe Boom. we should stop recording this podcast and start working on this plan. <laughs> Man, well, Andy, we're excited to have you back, and uh, the la- the last podcast was great. And um, but today we're excited to talk a little bit about um, making disciples, and it's one of the hearts of our podcast, and in particular the idea of how do we make disciples who live on mission. And I know this is a passion of uh, of yours uh, personally, and also of Chi Alpha, the ministry serve, which is a college ministry reaching college students on their campus. And um, it's really the heart of the gospel. It's really the heart of discipleship. But it feels like it's one of the most challenging things to do and to see happen in the people that we're trying to disciple. And so we're really excited. When you think about um, the concept of living on mission, what does that mean to you? How would you define that? Oh, yeah. Living on mission is constantly, you know, first you ask, what is that mission? You know what I mean? Well, Jesus and you know, the Great Commission is like, go forth to, you know, all the nations you named, you know, Samaria, all these areas around them and make disciples. So we're constantly on that mission to tell people about Jesus and to create disciples who make disciples. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly living our lives. We're molding our lives to fit that mission. You know, Andy, college students show up on campus, which is where you serve, and whether they would call it a mission or not, they all have a life mission, right? Or they're, or maybe they're forming a life mission. They're sort of shaping one. Um, everybody lives for something. Everybody's headed towards something, right? Everybody has some vision of the good life. How have you yeah. found in Chi Alpha that, um, or what, yeah, how have you found it possible in Chi Alpha to sort of redirect students who maybe in many cases come onto campus completely unaware of God, un- unaware of the fact that he has a mission, the mission that they can plug into, and uh, how through your discipleship and your teaching and, and just the way in which you influence, do you help people see, not that their missions are unimportant, but that they have to fit underneath the mission of God? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times is what people uh, fail to see is that um, that God's, like the day we were born, we were designed to fulfill God's mission. Now, whether we embrace that or not, you know what I mean? That's, but I, I think a lot of times people feel they've put certain personalities. I think one of the things that I think in American culture that we have done 
through like our, our church culture, our Christian culture, is that like the what we praise, like, you know, we you know, we praise the the speaker who's talented and has, you know, uh, like a, a huge team and they're a dynamic speaker. And we say that's ministry or that person is truly being used by God. But like, I, I love it. We I talked to the national director's wife of Chi Alpha and she said in Chi Alpha, our heroes are a small group leaders. And, um, you know, this this concept that God's mission is for everyone, like once I was I came to this earth, you know, and once I, you know, gathered knowledge, enough knowledge, whether I embrace it or not, God has designed me to fulfill his mission. The biggest question I have to ask myself, am, am I aligned my life for that mission? And how vast and versatile that mission can be as far as like career wise or where I live and everything is huge in that sense. Mm-hmm. So like we we present that to students. And once they kind of get that, it, it's like a powerful thing for for them that God's mission exists in their life, whatever they go, whatever they do. And that's kind the of a question diff- is, have you embraced that? That's a really different concept, too, from my experience in growing up in church and in youth ministry. And even what I think I see today, which is there was there's this obsession with the question of what should I do with my life? Right. And and I even now we have there's teenagers who are in youth groups who are sitting around as juniors, seniors, or even even some college students who are thinking, I, I'm waiting for God to tell me essentially what my job should be, hmm. because I can't live on mission unless I know that, right? And, um, and what you're saying is, no, 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 there is a mission that God has. What your job is is important. Where you live is important, but it all it comes under the mission of God, and you can begin to engage in the mission of God right now, no matter where you live or where you're at or what job you have. And, um, and yeah. that, that's such a different concept. Yeah, and that's that's powerful because, like, Paul lived by that concept. Like, you know, to think, like, Philippians was written while he was in jail. Or to think, like, when him and, you know, Paul and Silas, you know, got thrown in prison, like, their mission didn't finish. In fact, like God did an amazing thing, right? And in, in that in that prison, literally, like opened the doors and, like, just literally moved in that sense. So, for us to sometimes we, uh, in our minds, we minimize God's mission, but it's so like it exists in us. And you know the the concept, even of this uh, podcast, right? Like discipleship. You you guys were sharing that. There's no way that I can disciple somebody without directing them to God's mission. It, it, discipleship cannot happen without the understanding of God's mission, one in our lives personally, but the overall God's mission. Even when he you know, called Peter, he said, come follow me and right away revealed his mission and I will make you fishers of men. So like, it's literally infused to our identity. I think what I love about what you're saying, Andy, is that it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters what you do because I do believe God has put his hands on certain people for full-time ministry in in a traditional sense, right? Full-time ministry meaning working within a local church or working within a ministry. But I do think somewhere along the way, 
we've failed young people by talking about ministry specifically only as something that pastors do and, and evangelists and, um, and missionaries as opposed to sort of the priesthood of the saints, right? The priesthood of yeah. all the believers, that everyone actually has a ministry, uh, if nothing else, according to Paul, the ministry of reconciliation, um, which I know is key to the Chi Alpha language there. But talk a little yeah. bit about as you're as you're investing into college students, some of them come on board with your ministry and actually give their lives to the cause that Chi Alpha is about. But many of them don't, right? Many of them yes. go on and they're doctors and they're teachers and they're engineers. And uh, talk a little bit about how you guys frame mission for those individuals. Yeah, like you know the. Like a lot of times, like if somebody has a, a relationship with God, right, and that that is strong, I feel like there's a few things when we're choosing direction in our life. Either God very clearly tell us like, "Hey, do not go here," or "I need you to go here." But a lot of times, you know, the biggest question I ask students is like, <clears throat> "Like, what are you going to do for God's kingdom?" And one of the things we've been kind of in infusing into our ministry is that instead of like a lot of times we make decisions in our lives towards things that are kingdom minded or eternal minded, like less meaningful. So a lot of times we will move because our job or we will move because of, uh, you know, a house or physical things, things that like, although our job, we need to have a job and we need, to but like in the grand scheme of fulfillment like that doesn't give us true fulfillment so what we've been telling students is like why don't you make a kingdom move why don't you move somewhere because there's a church plant there or why don't you move somewhere because there's a dream center or why don't you take your degree and go overseas and partner up with with missionaries as you're being as you're in the marketplace and that's what we're finding out. Actually, we're finding out as like our missions organizations that like they're more effective when they actually come with an engineering degree or with a business degree or in those things and literally partner up with the community to accomplish a mission. And they're finding out that that opens up more opportunities to share the gospel, more opportunities to, um, you know, be received by the culture be received by the people. So instead of making a career move, because at the end, you know, our job maybe provides us the physical means in life, but it doesn't give us fulfillment. There's people with great jobs that are not happy. There's people with great jobs that don't have fulfillment in their lives. So we tell them, make a kingdom move and then trust that God will provide everything else. And we've seen God provide for many students yeah. in that way. I love I love that um, that concept of make a kingdom move, you know, and um, and and the the other details will work themselves out. I'm, I'm curious, Andy, as you're discipling students and you're trying to help people get to that point, right, where they they believe that they recognize the eternal mission of God, they recognize their role in that, they recognize the the idea of making a kingdom move. What are some things that you guys do in Chi Alpha, some strategic things to say, here's how we help disciple a student to become missional minded? Um, 
the you know the it starts with we want them to replicate what has happened in their life so we want our leaders <clears throat> to fight for these freshmen that walk in to like literally care for them to to make themselves available like uh you know we 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 always follow that you know that passage in Corinthians like to the to the Jew I become like a Jew um to the one under the law I become like one under the law although I'm free and not under the law you know what I mean to uh like literally we fight for them we find them we seek them out and we show them that love of Christ like if they play soccer man we want to be their friend so much we play soccer with them if they're into board games, we want to be their friend so much. You know what I mean? We'll play board games with them and literally show them that that care and that like we I always tell our students like we we are training you up to be great friends on missions. On mission. Like and that concept is so powerful. So then when they are part of the small group, they're seeing that lived out in their lives. And then when they become a small group leader, they're replicating that. And then the conversation of them doing the internship program or them uh, maybe moving to help out with a, uh, with a church plant is not so far off because they've been living their life on mission the whole time on campus. I think the challenge we're having with in certain ministries is that we're designing people to be consumers. So when we have the conversation of living on mission, which requires sacrifice and, and and selflessness, it's so far off because they've been consuming. Mm. Yeah, and and um, I'm interested. I know one of the things that you guys do, Andy, is you really have an emphasis on doing missions trips, and both those are trips that are overseas, but sometimes those are trips just in in your backyard or close by, and um. I'm interested to hear about why you why those have worked really well for you, and I I know part of that is to do what you're talking about, which is to shift the mindset from being a consumer to to being a contributor or to being someone who is recognizing the the need that's there and how they can participate in that. So, could you share a little bit with us the impact that um, getting people out of their comfort zone, getting people engaged in those type of trips, whether like I said, they're overseas to another country or whether they're maybe just um, somewhere else in your state, what impact has that had on, uh, on doing this? A tremendous impact. Like for, for us, you know, we over time have developed a, a missions trip, like culture in a sense where the question is not, are you going on a missions trip, but which missions trip are you going on? And um, the reason being is that one, when you take somebody out of their comfort zone. So they're, you know, right now our setting, Springfield, Missouri, that's where we live in. And then you put them in Detroit, you put them in, uh, you know, in this inner city, Indianapolis or Atlanta, we work with the Atlanta Dream Center um, or overseas, you know, we've gone to India, we've gone to Jordan, we help out with a, our girls orphanage in Dominican Republic. And you put them in that setting, it, it causes them to rely on Christ. And um, what we really want to do, like these mission trips, and, you know, we, we talk to the missionaries, it's not designed to, to create this um, comfortable experience. 
And one of the things that we ask them to do, every student, we want you to be willing and ready, like willing to do anything and ready to go. And then I, t I always tell them, there will be a time on this mission trip where you are uncomfortable, where they will ask you to do something that you normally don't do, that you haven't done before. And at that moment that you're feeling, you know, uncomfortable, like insecurity rises, like uh, you start doubting yourself, you start doubting everything that's going on around you. At that moment, you have got every bit of your money's worth because mm. that's when it causes that person to rely on Christ and really be used to step out in something that's beyond them. That's good, Andy. What? what how do you... So in my experience as a youth pastor, and Jared, I'm sure you had this experience too, um, as a women's ministry director, the uh, last years of my life. <laughs> um, one of the challenges of leading short-term missions trips is when they come back, helping them sort of integrate um, back into their, like take what they learned, take the mission-mindedness that they experienced in that very specific focused environment, and then to integrate it into their everyday life. What are some things, what are some best practices you've learned over the years as far as helping students let it be more than just an experience? Yeah. You know, one of the strategies we have in our mission trip is that we go back. Like, in fact, if we partner, partner up with a missionary or uh, an organization overseas and they don't have us come back, like we can't come back or, you know, they're like, well, you know, next year we, we're not sure. We actually like that's a requirement for us because we want our students to go back, to come back next year and see the development of the ministry and what's going on. And then that allows for that student to not see it as a trip, but see it as a part of their life. Um, and so in, in that sense, every time you're, we're asking students is either you're the person going on a mission trip or you're the person praying for that person or for that missionary or, or you're the person giving. And I know I've been saying or, but it's actually and. Like mm -hmm. we, we have this model in Chi Alpha. Every student gives, every student welcomes, every student praise like we all do this we're all a part of this so we're we're big on that like we want somebody to be a part of it at every level so part of the mission trip like we've had students come up to us and be like hey i actually have all the money to pay for this trip and we actually tell them be like man that's great but i'm gonna challenge you like pay for half and raise the other half we actually we have seen students that have the money and we'll still ask them to raise the other half. And the whole point of it is that we want them to experience God providing. We're like, grab your other half and give it to somebody else and help them. Like, and then you go on a journey and, and ask for the other half of your trip. Because we want them to put them in a position to see God providing and really live a lifestyle of that. Like a lot of times we think that our lifestyle that we live on mission is we providing for ourselves, but that, that can't happen, you know, to be a part of God's mission. We want them to 
get in the mindset of like, wow, can I go to this country? Or how can I support somebody who is going to this country? Yeah. Um, how can I help this orphanage? If I work a job here, if I'm an engineer here in the States, how can I partner up and be somebody who helps resource this orphanage and, uh, and help? So we want them to be a part of that at every level. So one of the things when we do come back is come up with ways that we can give to that organization. Um, one of the ways we do is we do like, hey, let's pray for what we experience let's pray for this this place and we constantly keep it in front of them and going back is a huge part of that i i, I heard um david kim was the president of valley forge one time talk about the idea of the theology of the margins and i and um i think it's very similar to what you're saying which is people grow when they're at pushed to the margins of their comfortability Right. And it's only <clears throat> it's only in when we're uncomfortable that we grow. It's the same with like exercise or becoming more disciplined, anything in life. We don't grow when we're in the middle of our comfort zone. And so for you, um, it sounds a lot like one of the things that happens on these trips is you're pushing people to the to the edge, the margins of their comfortability. Um, and to David's point, some of the criticisms that, that are um, that happen against kind of the mission strip culture is, yeah, but that doesn't happen when they're back in their everyday life. And I know one of the things that Kava does great is they do help create scenarios and situations where they're pushing kids into the margins of their comfortability so that they can grow. And whether it's on campus, sharing your faith or other things. So could you share a little bit about um, what that looks like? How do you do that in everyday life? Not just when you're in India, but in everyday life, how do you help push kids into that the, that uh, margin of their comfort zone so that they can really grow? Yeah, you know, it, it does help us out in Chi Alpha that we constantly have to live on mission. There's not really, if, if you're not constantly reaching students in Chi Alpha, like your Chi Alpha will cease to exist in four years. To think about it, every four years, we lose our best students we lose our most committed students we lose our most invested students unless they do an internship program with us like they're going to move on into the marketplace you know to help out with a church hopefully be sent to a church plant hopefully be sent overseas somewhere and um for us that creates this urgency of constantly being on mission so when somebody goes overseas and put is put in a very uncomfortable spot but still see God's God's moving in a tremendous way. It kind of sets their set everyday setting as a man. This is way more doable than I imagined. And um, and then also for us to have a vision for them, you know, like Jesus had a vision for for Peter. He said, you know, Peter declared who Jesus was, and then he said, Peter, you know what I mean, like. I will create, you know, I will create the church to rock and the, the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, the church wasn't even created yet. Like this was a vision for Peter that he yet couldn't even fathom that concept. So for us, one of the key components of our ministry is that everyone, it's a discipleship culture. So that that concept of a leader or a small group leader or for us, our our, our leaders, our staff, is assigned to every leader. We call in our Chi Alpha discipleship groups, other Chi Alpha probably call them C groups or core groups. But 
for us, there's that constant vision that is in place in our life to show them like, hey, what you experienced on this other trip, like, why don't you think that God cannot do that in your dorms? And maybe even further that, have you ever thought about that being something that you do in your life? And we're on life on life having that dialogue with them. If that's not happening, the trip doesn't, it's meaningless. It's just a trip. Yeah. So but because that discipleship element is there, it's happening every day. Yeah, that's really that's a very helpful distinction. I think short-term missions trips, when they are being launched out of a intentional disciple-making culture, um, you know, because discipleship is multiplication and it's nature, right? It doesn't end with the individual, but yeah. it extends through that individual. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Um, that's I think that is key. I don't think I've ever really thought of it in those exact terms. So it's very helpful. Like. Maybe the problem isn't necessarily short-term mission trips, although they can be run poorly, I think, and done poorly. And I'm sure you would agree with that. But maybe the yeah. problem is is that the churches that are running them are not inherently disciple-making environments. And that's why yeah. they end up just being one more box that you check, one more experience for, that for, you have. For us, the mission trip is not the end goal. Right. It's just a starting point. Right, right. So, for instance, like we use this concept, if, if – David, if you wanted somebody, if, you know, if somebody wanted to be hired at your church or, or if you wanted to expose somebody to what you're doing in your community, you would say, Hey, come to this community event, come visit our church, right? You would expose them to what you're doing. You wouldn't send them, you know, just a video. Um, you would like show them exactly what's happening. So that's a starting point, right? If if somebody, if there's a donor out there that wants to invent, invest in a community project you're doing, you will probably have that donor, what, come to that community project yeah, and see what is happening. So that's a great starting point, right? You don't stop with that person and go, all right, man, you saw it, that's it. And I think we, the trip has become the thing that we do. For us, the trip is just a starting point. We've exposed them to God's mission. Mm -hmm. Then through discipleship, we start talking about how that plan happens on their everyday life, or even so, how can they partner up in their life, rather going, supporting, doing an internship, or utilizing a resource with the place they have gone to. It's not. It's just a starting point for us. And we're hoping that that activates something in some students' lives, that they start thinking, man, I need to help out with this at some level in my life. Yeah, so. I love that. I love that. Um, man, this is what a great conversation. We could probably keep going um, for a whole lot longer. But um, you probably know this, Andy, because I know you're you're a big-time listener of the podcast. Most people don't really care about this content. They really are here for the the portion we do called David's Eats. <laughs> and um you know we're trying to make better leaders Listen, and better eaters and so i was just feeling like i was the whole time i was like all right what can i tell them so i can get to david's eat like i just need to make it there that's the, the yeah. whole time when we, when we look at the analytics it's really weird because it's like it tells us that most people 90 percent fast forward right to the last five minutes of the podcast yeah which is very uncommon yeah. but you know we're, we're yeah. uh we, we love this portion actually my notes for this end is much more than my notes for the beginning. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I was like, 
that's not true because you don't know what question I'm going to ask you. All right. So listen, typically on David's Eats, you know, David is known for being a little bit of a food snob. Um, that's uh, that's the reputation. No, listen. Yo, I got your back, man. You want to utilize that moment of food to your best your ability. You don't want to waste it. Well, I here, got you. Man. Here's what I, I was gonna. Here's what I was gonna say. A little known fact about David is yes, he yes he is a foodie. Yes, can he be a food snob at times? Absolutely. But David also enjoys a good fast food. So he's a bit of a conundrum here. And so my question to you, Andy, is. If you can only have one fast food, where are you going? What is it? What do you have? Wow. Only only one. Th- you know, this only one thing, I, that's really hard for me because it's really, you know, there's so many places that usually it's what I'm in the mood for. All right. Well, you, you, know you, you got to choose so, one. What's your favorite? One. I got to choose one. Yep. If I got to choose one and I got to stick with it. Oh man, this is very difficult. I'm, you know what? If I have to choose one, I I gotta choose with. Man, this is hard. I'm gonna go. You know what? I love if Brahms here in in Springfield is it's a great. You get a great fast food burger. They got ice cream there. Yeah, we don't have those uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Brahms down here. If if it's a national chain. Bro, you can't go wrong with the double cheeseburger and McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Bro, that thing, I'd be craving it sometimes. Oh, my God. Listen, um, and of course, but I would say, I always ask this question to, to students. I always say, three top top fast food burger places. And I have my three, Brahms in town. I know if you ever come to Springfield or the, the Midwest area, they got them in Oklahoma too. Brahms, so good. Uh, it, it, it's a good fast food burger. Fast food. David, keyword there. David, where are you going? What's your fast food? Fast. Well, what are we defining as fast food? Is is like yeah. is In and Out fa- fast food? Is yeah, Chick Fil A fast food? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've heard it defined as it has to have a drive through. No, no. I, I I think that's what we've we've gone through this question. There there are some good restaurants that have a drive through. So I would say. I would say it has to be a chain and and uh, they have to deliver your your food in speed. That means that, sure. you know, because there's some some places they have a drive through, but you're waiting yeah. a while. So, so there's if, like Chinese restaurants. With so a by, by Andy's definition, I would say, and this is not everywhere. There's probably only a half a dozen of these are, and they're all in the Northeast. I think Bobby Bobby Flay's Burger Palace is the best fast food I've wow. ever had. But if you're talking about something that you can get everywhere and anywhere, I would probably gravitate more towards Burger King than McDonald's if I. Ooh. Um, I, I got room in my heart for a, a double Whopper. My doctor Ooh, says my doctor says man. I don't have room in my heart for more double Whoppers. But <laughs> <laughs> they inject that. Yo, they inject that smoky when, flavor in that. I like them. I like I, the onions on. I like the white onions on it. When I pick my top three burger places, number one is is Brahms for me here locally. But my number two. It's just it's one that I can't get. It's out there, White Castle. Oh man, yeah. I love. Dude, like, you always maybe regret it. Maybe not around here. You always regret but, it, but dude, it's good in the moment. Yeah. Oh, dude, I mean, in and so in good. and out and Whataburger are also great little. They're not oh, around yes. here either, but I've hit those up on my travels, and those are. Oh yes. Yeah. Hey Andy, real quick before we finish, if our listeners want to connect with you online, how do they find you? 
Yes, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's uh, Estrella, E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A, Andy. Uh, on Instagram, you can hit me up. On Facebook, of course, Andy Estrella. Uh, you can hit me up. And, you know, for those of you who are Hispanic, it's actually Estrella, <laughs> um, my last name. And uh, I say Estrella because, yes, uh, I just it's easier. You got a podcast so, uh, too, right, Andy? You're part of a podcast? Yes. Yeah. I am a part of a podcast uh, with Kai Alpha. It's called We Live Missions Podcast. And actually, they have an Instagram. You can link it up on that. Or you can go to Spotify. You can also go to uh, iTunes. It's on all the platforms. And We Live Missions Podcast, it's me and uh, three other people. Um, they can call part of the national team and an intern and a student. And uh, we just talk about, you know, how do we live out? god's mission in our life so it's really cool so check that out and um kind of weird man. we've never been invited to be on that but <laughs> yo we need to we need to get you on actually uh you know if this saves me you know i don't i don't do the guest oh, uh, yeah, i just yeah. i just show up i just show up i don't come up with the lineup but he's just a talent <laughs> yep well hey uh, man we we love you we really appreciate you coming on and, and thankful for for um for this episode and the other one you did if you guys missed the first one andy talks about developing leaders um go check that out andy thanks so much brother we appreciate you we love you this is the multiply podcast we'll see you guys next time